Hello, my name is Ben and you're listening to Your Cricket. Today we have Ellie Long, Global Inclusive Heart and Campaign Lead from Rolls-Royce to join us once again. Many students think they need direct experience for the apprenticeship, internship, placement or graduate scheme they're applying for, but that is far from true. We have a packed episode today as we discuss the ways to demonstrate key skills which you have gained from part-time jobs to help you land that full-time job. Whether you have no experience, years worth of experience, or you're unsure what to count as experience, Ellie shares her top tips to get across the most important skills to the role you're applying for. This episode is a must listen to for any school, college, or university students, and will help to make sure you're a standout candidate in any application process. Hello Ellie, how are you? This is the second time you're with us on the podcast. How have you been? Hi, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me back. That's brilliant to have you. So today we're going to be really be focusing on, you know, sort of skills that you can gain from part-time experience. So, you know, whether you're looking to get an apprenticeship, internship, placement or graduate scheme, you know, it's one of those things that is often overlooked with the, you know, the student experience. You, a lot of students have this key experience from the part-time jobs, but they sometimes think, you know, I need relevant experience for that job. So let's just sort of jump straight into it. You know, the main thing we're sort of looking for, I guess, is sort of those transferable skills. You know, whether you want to be, uh, you know, a doctor, an engineer, transferable skills are with any job so you know what's the importance of that that to you sort of especially at Rolls-Royce? Yeah so I think um, throughout the pandemic we recognise that students may have had very non-traditional experiences you might not necessarily been able to have the same opportunities that um, other students have had and actually a lot of these experiences like part-time work or um, babysitting or, or mentorship or anything like that that you've kind of done anything I would say outside of your day-to-day normal curriculum um, has got skills within it that you can talk about and you can demonstrate to an employer so something really simple like babysitting um, if you've been looking after a, a number of young children think about the, the skills that you've used whether that be communication whether that be time management I know it sounds kind of like slightly far-fetched but as you start to think about um, what it is that you've done and what is, is you've demonstrated through that um, they're all things that will show who you are as a person and the things that you've been able to do um, the other example that um, I often talk about is that you've probably done a lot on social media that this generation yeah. does, does a lot on social media you do a lot digitally um there's so many students that have got podcast channels or have got youtube channels or do things on tiktok and all of those things again showcase different skills like creativity um that are important to employers so really think about the things that you do outside of your day-to-day academic life and um and think about what it is that says about who you are um, and what you're good at. And therefore that will then kind of take you down the track of starting to think about their skills or qualities or attributes that I have. Absolutely. And, you know, within your role at Rolls-Royce, I imagine you've seen hundreds, if not thousands of CVs. How many do you reckon you've seen over the last few years? Uh, thousands, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> like, thousands. <laughs> and, and to be honest, they, they do all start to blow into one. If you, if you think about, if you think about yourself and you think I'm applying for, it's a Rolls Royce. You're applying for a graduate program on Rolls Royce, and you then think about all the other people on your course. You're all going to have the same degree, or yeah. roughly the same modules. You're probably all coming out with about the same grade. And mm. for us at Rolls Royce now, we don't look at academic qualifications, so we don't ask for a certain degree classification. So again, that that starts oh, to become irrelevant. So your CV starts to look very samey, mm-hmm. and so this is why all of that extra stuff that you do is really, really important. And so, don't underestimate the value of a part-time job that you might have done for a number of years, yeah. because that really does show 
things that, that you're good at or things that are important to you or things that you've just learned about yourself or even whether you, you hate that part-time job it's shown you things that you don't want to get from an employer and that gives you something that you can then talk about in an interview or an assessment center process and so they're the things that are going to make you start to stand out and don't really? think stuff that's going to make you stand out has to be this big wacky all singing all dancing amazing experience that you've got it's really simple things like the part-time job mentoring another student helping yeah. out with something after school whatever it might be they're the things that start to make your application a bit more unique to you and start to tell your kind of your story absolutely and I guess that's the thing isn't it you know you mentioned the, the, the word story I guess your CV especially once it's paired with a cover letter and your application needs to be that story that I guess for you as well needs to not only be sort of a, a portion to what that person's like but also needs to be exciting doesn't it because like you say if you see hundreds of CVs potentially like on a daily basis there needs to be a way that you need to actually dif- differentiate that so in terms of the actual skills you know you said about sort of um, whether you're like a tutor or you do some afternoon work uh, after school sorry what are those sort of key sort of five skills essentially that you think that you can actually grab from that part-time experience that you love to see on a CV? Um, I think um, there's definitely something now around kind of creativity and I think people interpret creativity as being arts or being able to do something like painting whatever yeah. it might be and actually it's about creative thinking and about thinking in a different way and being able to kind of take something and look at it in, in, in a different light. And that's something that we really value as, as an organization as a whole from new talent coming in because you're fresh, you're coming in, you're seeing things for the first time. So there's definitely something about articulating kind of creative thinking. Um, it's definitely something around um, kind of being clear on what your individual purpose is. Um, and that's really unique to each individual person. So use that part-time work that you've got, use um, the experiences that you've had throughout your kind of education to be able to um, really clearly say, this is what my purpose is and this is what excites yeah. me. And this is what gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, we definitely look for things around collaboration um, yeah, and teamwork. And again, that's something that a lot of people think, oh gosh, I've never really, I've never worked in a work environment before, but have you been part of a sports team? Have you been part of something where you've had to do group work? All yeah. of this stuff, again, is really great examples of when you've had to collaborate towards a common goal or, or kind of a shared interest. Um, resilience is another really good one. And this is one that I know that actually this generation as a whole, all of you will have fantastic <laughs> resilient skills because you've been through university or your A-levels yeah. during a global pandemic. So that is a perfect a journey. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. You've had to be resilient. And so think about um, during those times when you were doing homeschooling or whatever it was, how did you further educate yourself? How did you motivate yourself? All of that, again, brilliant kind of skills that you can talk about. Um, and I think the final thing for me is really finding people that have got a passion for what it is they want to do. Um, yeah. And the most important thing for us now as an organization is is that we talk about values and behaviors so much more than technical capability so yeah. you might be the best engineer in the world and you could tell us absolutely everything about the nth degree of your subject but if you don't have real passion if you don't have real kind of drive or enthusiasm for where you want to go and that doesn't necessarily mean you want to be the future ceo it could mean that you yeah. really <laughs> want to work on the shop floor in that really individual bit of engineering or you're really passionate about setting something up um or being part of the stem outreach and getting more young people into stem whatever that might be having that really clear passion um and being able to really articulate that is really important definitely I, th- I think especially like i said articulating that you know getting those skills across i think a lot of the time students i, I was guilty of it when i was younger especially sort of applying for other jobs uh, in the past a lot of the time you will look at this part-time experience that you have and think 
I can't put anything out from that. But like you said, that those five key skills, especially resilience, you know, that's a huge one. I think that's especially if you can, you know, demonstrate that in a CV or in an interview. I think it really does show sort of that the person you are. I think like also links with other key sort of skills, I guess, isn't it? Like let's have a, a you know, problem solving as well. And that's a huge thing in the workplace, in many workplaces, you know, you could be on a shop floor in Tesco's or Sainsbury's. There's still a degree of problem solving when you get a difficult customer, you know, that happens on a daily basis or, you know, something might have set you back in a certain, you know, there might be a big day that you remembered at work that set you back. And it's, it's always, you, you, you sometimes got to dig deep, but you know, a lot of the time, as soon as you start to think about these are the key skills you need to demonstrate, once you start actually thinking about it, you can actually look back and think, oh, I've done that, you know, uh, I'm, all, I'm all good to your point i think it's really hard to sometimes think of these things when you get to the interview process yeah. because like you've never had to think about it and all of a sudden you mm-hmm. kind of forced to come up with the ideas and so i always say to people if you know you're kind of in your final year of university and you get to the mm-hmm. point where you're starting to apply for, for, for opportunities or roles just start to, it sounds really stupid even if it's just a, a notes thing on your phone if you've had a really bad day at work just write down quickly like why it was a bad day or something that happened or if something went really well or you, you did something and you thought oh my, my manager praised me at work for x y and z yeah just capture that somehow it can literally just be a brain dump on a post-it note but then when you come to start to pull all of this together into your application form or whatever it might be you've got those initial ideas which would then kind of spark you thinking yeah. so it doesn't feel like you're kind of starting from a blank piece of paper so I'm by no way saying you've got to sit every night and write an essay or <laughs> it work yeah. every day but start to kind of think oh wow that was a really terrible day because a customer got really cross at me and this went wrong and I had to try and figure this out and x y and z but all of a sudden you've got potentially three brilliant examples there that you could talk about in an application or an interview process and just capturing them quickly I think helps you start to pull some of this stuff together yeah, definitely. That's the thing, I guess, isn't it? Because, you know, it's all well and good saying, yeah, you know, think about this stuff on your CV, your cover letter. You could sit there for a week doing your cover letter and your CV. But I think, what, like I said, when it comes to an interview, you are on the spot, aren't you? So if you have, like I said, have those three examples there, you're definitely going to set yourself up for, you know, a successful door application and hopefully see it through to then to actual, actually get a job offer. In yeah. terms of skills as well, what are some skills that you find that often lack in, a, in an application from a student, you know, whether it be um, a 16 year old that's you know coming out of um, a school just on their GCSEs or whether it be someone who's you know graduate with a, a first first class degree in, you know engineering are there any th- key skills you think I really want this but in, this needs developing yeah I think um, you, you've mentioned it before I think problem solving something that students often forget to mention mm-hmm. um, or think they don't have and I think yeah. it's quite often because um, I'm very generalized statement here but the world of education you've kind of just been taught stuff mm-hmm. and people have just t- told you information and you've remembered it and yeah. and that's kind of the way it is and actually the art of problem solving the art of kind of critical thinking the yeah. art of thinking do you know what I don't think that's right and or I want to understand why yeah that sort of skill set is something that I think we have to try and tease out of graduates or apprentices more once they join us um, and really try and encourage them to to realise that they can think in this way. It's just not how you've necessarily been taught or how you've been told to think. And so um, any way where you've kind of gone away and taught yourself something else off, off your own back or um, the amount of people that have bikes or cars and you think something's gone wrong and you want to try and fix it yourself or have a go at doing yeah. it yourself, all of that kind of stuff really shows your ability to think individually mm-hmm. um, and think critically and challenge something or challenge yourself. And so mm-hmm. trying to bring that out in your application form or, or through talking at an interview is really important because that's essentially what you're, you're going to have. You're going to be given yeah. a job and given tasks to do and there's got to be a way of trying to figure out some of this stuff yourself when you first join and um 
our um, end part of our assessment center now has an activity that is purely focused on focused on problem solving mm -hmm. and critical thinking and kind of being given a case study and materials and being able to kind of pull mm -hmm. apart and, and think for yourself and that shifted so far away from traditional assessments which have been very focused mm -hmm. on knowledge and tell us what you know and how you know it yeah so, yeah I think that's the biggest kind of um, gap that a lot of students have they just don't know they have and so they don't talk about it I think I, I guess especially with university as well is that you know you're, you're thrown into a position where you're working you know with three th three years with a lot of people you don't know previously well you don't know anyone really previously do you when you when you especially that first week of freshers I think that problem solving you know with, in a group as well is something that when I look back on uni I think actually you know problem solving was always there you just like you said you just don't really think about it at all and it's one of those things where once you start digging deeper that's when you can actually almost have that sort of star technique can't you we'll get onto that in a bit but you know when it comes to an interview you can really explain you know the whole situation through to you know this is what it was this is what we did this is how you know this is the result of it, it in terms of those sort of key jobs as well so quickly jumping forward are there any sort of key part-time jobs that you look at in a cv and think right okay I really want to learn more about this person or I really want to actually delve deeper into this job so for example our director you know whenever he's hiring a, an intern or you know um, a recently graduated student he loved to see sort of like online tutoring because you know it really shows that initiative initiative that problem solving that really sort of that you know you want to sort of get out there because it is almost self-employed isn't it, a lot of the time when you're a tutor yeah I think um pre-covid I probably would have had a very different answer <laughs> to this yeah. I think post-covid the the most important thing for me, and I recognise this from particularly from students that may come from the non-traditional backgrounds that are going into certain roles, um, is that you might not necessarily been able to have what we would class as that perfect work experience. And so we've tried to move away from that. I think for me, it's making sure you've got stuff on there yeah. and it's stuff that you've done either continuously. Um, so it's brilliant if someone say had a part-time job for a number of years, because I think, oh, fantastic. They're going to have lots to be able to talk about yeah. in that. Um, and they'll have lots of examples and they can really show and demonstrate a lot of skills through that, that experience. Or it's people that have gone, oh, I've done something and then that's not quite worked. So I've gone and tried something else. Or, and it's people that have got then lots of little things that yeah. they can talk about how they've explored what it is they're interested in or, mm -hmm trying to kind of get that experience and so um ideally it'd be brilliant if you applied for a job where your part-time work or your experience somehow linked to the the industry or the sector that you wanted to get in but i think us big employers now recognize that that's not always possible yeah because of the pandemic and everything that's happened and so what the most important thing for me is being able to see candidates who have got more than just their academic qualifications mm -hmm. um and more than just, oh, well, I went to university and I was part of a sports team and that mm -hmm. that's me. It's actually, yeah. do you know what? I did all of that and that's brilliant, but also I did voluntary work or I tutored or I had a part-time mm -hmm. job in Tesco, whatever it is, um, it's being able to, to have that and talk about how that's developed you as a person. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, like I said, I guess there's no sort of set job, so to say, I guess it's just demonstrate that experience. So I, I guess looking back from my experience as well, in terms of, I was at Tesco for a, must have been about three years I think over that time I developed massively you know I was, I was doing my doing my levels at the time as well um I had a gap year for university as well and I was at university and each of those sort of three years different stages of my life and I guess when you're in that one role as well you sort of develop with the people around you you know you get more comfortable with your job you can have that more sort of problem solving and you, you sort of hit the nail on the head as well I guess it's difficult to have that job that links directly to your job that you want to do you know, whether you want to be, like I said, an engineer, like you might not always be able to get that experience or it might be easier for some jobs like marketing, for example. Some people can get sort of marketing experience. Like my my school did a, a work experience week um, and I worked at Nutrition, um, so division of Danone. And we 
Um, sort of looking back on that, that was really beneficial for me. Although it was only a week, I sort of got that experience that I was able to actually demonstrate in the interview that I had for, with E4S. I said, look, you know, it was only a week, but, you know, this experience, this is what I was working on, the project I was doing. This is what I think, you know, I could bring to the team from that. And it, like you said, it's just about developing those skills that you have and just sort of digging deep to find out, right, okay, well, those experience might necessarily be, might actually be, you know, one-to-one almost, a, a close link, or it might not be. Everything's always there, isn't it? And I think especially if you can articulate that, um, in an interview or things like that it can be really really beneficial in terms of sort of experience that you might look for compared to you know an apprenticeship versus someone who's going for a graduate job is there quite a big difference there because you know that that's quite a big age gap because I guess potentially there could be three years of developing between that you know whether you've left um, sixth form or GCSE or sort of you, you graduated yeah absolutely and I, we completely recognize because we even take apprentices post 16 Oh, nice so yeah. And so we completely recognise the experience that a 16 or 17 year old might have uh-huh. through to someone who might have even done a master's, so it could be kind of yeah. 23, 24, um, is completely different. And so, um, yeah, we always kind of recognise that actually, do you know what, if you're coming at 16, 17, you're probably mm-hmm. you're not going to have ideas of a part-time job <laughs> yeah. or um, lots of experience, but there's still so many things as an apprentice that you can draw upon. And I think this is where some of the things of actually did you go to brownies for example and have mm. you gone back and helped out or have yeah. you done things in school where you've been given an additional level of responsibility or you've given mm. i don't know tours to prospective students or mm. you've acted as buddies in sixth form to the year sevens mm. whatever that might be um all of that is absolutely fantastic to bring yeah. out and again to talk about so it's just thinking about if I take out of my day-to-day the stuff that I normally do, I have to go to university or I have to go to school and I have my lectures and my classes and X, Y, and Z. What is all the other stuff that you do around that? Mm. And there'll be all your social things, but there will be other things that you do. And it might be that actually you're really into TED Talks and you listen to a certain set of TED Talks and um, that's led you down the route of why you now know you want to go into that industry or that sector. That's a brilliant example of how you've done self-learning and self-development. You can articulate what your motivations, your ambitions are. And so even things like that, you can bring out and you can draw out as examples in in, um, interviews. Definitely. I think like you said about, you know, having those sort of year seven, but what you're, yeah, six bodies, for example, things like that, once what they progress from. I think we had a programme similar at my school. It's like you're a mentor over the summer. I think a lot of those opportunities for sort of school students, especially when they go into, whether it be, a, you know, writing a personal statement or applying for an apprenticeship, it's a lot of those experiences where a teacher or your tutor might sort of say, oh, you've got this experience, put your hand up if you want to do it. A lot of people might shy away from that, isn't it? And I think it's, those experiences are daunting at first, especially when you're, you know, you might be the only one doing it out your friendship group. But I think really sort of looking back on my time at school, I was happy with the opportunities I did, but there's always more, isn't there? There's always more that you could do to get yourself out there, get those extracurricular activities. And, you know, years down the line, you reap those rewards because not only will you be able to get a head start in your career by getting the, not necessarily a head start, but, you, you know, you can get prepared quite early. You know, you can get an apprenticeship or you can know the route you want and you get a graduate job. You know, all those things come back to what you did earlier in life. And I think it's, it's almost like a snowball effect, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's thinking about actually there are opportunities that, you might just think oh it's something that I do but it genuinely is something that we want to talk about I remember yeah. doing some mock interviews um it's probably a year ago now with one of our, one of the local schools um mm-hmm. near Rolls Royce and um one of the students was she was struggling to come up with examples mm-hmm. so we were talking about what she did in her spare time and she was talking about how actually in her local church she helped out give the teas and coffees out at the end and she did mm-hmm. 
um, prep with making sure everyone had the right books at the start and all of this. Yeah. And I said, Do you know what? That's a fantastic example. I said, there, I said that's a something that's actually quite unique and individual. I yeah. said it's not something that loads of other students have talked about, and so it sticks in people's minds a bit more when you're in assessment processes. But this is a brilliant example that shows the fact that you've got commitment. You've had to turn up early to something on a Sunday. Yeah. You're part of a team. Um, you've you started off doing it at, at whatever age you've, mm. you've continued and now you've trained some of the other young people in the in the church that want to be involved in the kind of yeah. the extra support and I said and she just hadn't realized that and she just hadn't clocked and she just thought that's something I can't talk about and so again it's thinking about all of those extra little components of your life um where you do all of these little additional things um the other example that I always say to people is when um People have said, oh, well, I go and help X, Y, and Z do their shopping or mm. uh, during lockdown, I helped whoever. I went and collected their medication for them. Mm. And, and again, they're all such fantastic examples of mm. how you've um, demonstrated things like empathy or care or, or yeah. whatever it is. If you want to go into a caring role, if you want to go into nursing, what a brilliant example yeah. to kind of link to. So, yeah, really think about the things that you've got and um the experiences and don't kind of think oh none of my friends do that and they're all talking about duke of edinburgh so yeah. my example doesn't matter as much don't don't worry about that like if you've done d of a brilliant that's the great yeah. example if you're on the sports team brilliant great example mm. but actually if you helped out at brownies that's also a great example if you helped mm. out at your local church or community center also a, yeah. a brilliant example so um think about what's unique to you rather than thinking mm. if my, my friends haven't done that so that that doesn't count or that's not as valid or important <laughs> I think that's a huge thing as well, isn't it? Especially at sort of assessment centres. When you sort of speak to other people, I had one pre years ago, it must have been um, 2018 it was. So, you know, way before the pandemic. And a lot of people would say, oh, I've, you know, I've done this experience and I've done all of this. And you're sat there like, oh, okay, I've got experience, but it's not as good as that. And I think a lot of the time it's just ignoring, you know, shutting out everyone else and just thinking, right, you are the focus of this assessment, you know, especially if you've got an interview, you're at an assessment centre, they're already interested in you. And that's the thing that I always tell myself and always say to my friends as well, like, if they if they've invited you to a next stage like they're interested in you so just make sure that you really play on the, th the strengths that you have you might not think you have them but you really are sort of a star candidate already and in in terms of actually demonstrating those those key skills you know the transferable skills we've got the start technique haven't we is that something that rolls royce you know you still look at or are there other sort of methods that you prefer yeah so we uh, still a really great structure um i think for students when they're trying to articulate an, an example because it means that you get all of the information in that um helps us go yeah this person can yeah. demonstrate that skill or behavior and so um what some students don't realize is, is that our assessors when they ask you that question tell us about a time that i don't know you've had to deal with a difficult customer or something um we have behind that question boxes and boxes of all of these different scoring things that we've got to look for in someone's mm -hmm. example. And so something like the STAR technique, which stands for situation, task, action, result, gives you a really nice format to being able to talk about your example to mean that we can then go down that list and kind of tick everything off. And so yeah. I always do still say to students, and I even say it to professionals and people my age that go for jobs and asking for tips, I say it's a really great way yeah. of just really formally structuring what it is um, you want to say an example you want to say um but what we've also done in our interviews this um kind of this year and over the past kind of couple of months is we've realized that again and i come back to the whole pandemic thing is is that students don't necessarily have examples for every single skill that we're now looking for yeah. we can sometimes have eight to ten questions in, a, in an interview which sounds really daunting that all of a sudden you've got to have like 10 different examples um to try and rely upon and so we not only ask questions that kind of lead you down a route of really giving mm. 
giving us that example. Um, but we also have some questions. So we have the opportunity where if students don't have an example, they can talk to us about why that skill might be really important to them or why they think it's important to Rolls-Royce. And so we give you that opportunity too. And so um, I also would encourage people when they're kind of thinking or preparing, if you're thinking about like the, those top skills, teamwork or collaboration or resilience, also think about answering the question about why it might be important to the company and yeah. why you might have to use it in your apprenticeship or your grad scheme, because that's the other route that we sometimes now kind of will take questions down in interviews um, to give you the opportunity and kind of to say, actually, do you know what? I've not had loads of examples of how to deal with a really difficult customer, for, for example, but actually, do you know what? I know why customer service would be really important to Tesco and mm -hmm. this is why it's really important. And this is how I think I would act in that situation, mm -hmm. given the research that I've done on your company and my skills or um, my strengths or whatever. And so, yeah, I kind of get people to think about it in that way as well as just kind of doing Definitely. the traditional star technique. Yeah. So final sort of question, I guess now, imagine I'm sat in front of you, you know, you've invited me to an interview. I've got absolutely no experience what what would you say to someone like well, what should I do sort of I've only got you know university experience what should I do in order to make sure that you know I'm that standout candidate for you I haven't got any part-time experience I haven't got any uh, internships you know it's just me just university what's sort of the best approach yeah so I'd say I wouldn't necessarily worry about the internships and part-time work because we all know that that can sometimes be difficult and sometimes that's the first hurdle for people is, is they can't get a job because they've got the experience and then they can't get the job and yeah. it drives me mad when you see adverts yeah for um for kind of part-time work for students and it's asking for years worth of experience in the sector <laughs> yeah this is someone's chance to try and get that experience but anyway um so yeah i'd say if you want to go down that route and you want to try and find yourself a part-time job brilliant go for it but i'd actually say explore other opportunities like volunteering work mm -hmm. there'll be a there will be someone within your university or a society or someone in the career service that looks after volunteering and yeah. there will be hosts of opportunities from longer term things to day one off activities that you could get involved in which will demonstrate so many different skills mm -hmm. and also show that you're quite willing to kind of get involved and get stuck in to, into something that yeah. might not have the reward of pay or might not actually have a direct benefit to you mm -hmm. and you're doing something for someone else and you're working in probably quite diverse teams with people from very different backgrounds so I would always say to students and again it's something that we look for on CVs is how have people been involved in some form of voluntary work um if you're not a university or at school local churches or um, community groups and whatever again are always kind of looking for voluntary work and I can guarantee Absolutely, nine yeah, times yeah. you'll get the opportunity because they're desperate for volunteers and people really want <laughs> Um, yeah. really want the help so yeah that is definitely my first route the second thing would be then to think about um, whether you can get involved what can you can get involved in outside of your course so do yeah. your course look things like course representatives to kind of be involved in um, some of the, the conversations they have with lecturers mm -hmm. about shaping the direction of the course um, is there a society that links to your kind of career ambitions or the sector that you want to go into mm -hmm. so um, you might be studying, I don't know, a, a geography degree, um, but actually you really want to get into business. So do they have like a women in business society, mm -hmm. for example, that you could yes, join? Yeah, and how could you then be involved in that? Could you be the secretary or could you mm -hmm. help organise the meetings or find guest speakers or whatever it is? So I then start to think about the other stuff that links to your to your course and mm -hmm. um, your university and and all of that. And if and if that kind of all else fails, um, there will be other opportunities from mentoring students to um, being involved in um, 
something with your old school or something like that, going back and giving a career talk that you'll be able to start to draw upon. And what you'll find is maybe when you've tapped into one or two of these opportunities, it becomes more obvious where other yeah, definitely. are um, and how you can then get involved. Once you volunteered once um, in that charity shop, all of a sudden there's lots of other thing, ways that you can kind of get, get involved and work with them. And so it's kind of taking that first step, I think, and accepting that, it might not be the, the most funnest day. You you, it, you might not love it, but actually you'll learn something about yourself and you'll have an example that you can then use and talk about um, when you apply for that role. It's always that learning aspect, isn't it? Always need to be open to learning. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you very much. You've, you've been absolutely amazing uh, as, as per the last episode. Um, any final thoughts, Any anything to add? I mean, you've covered everything perfectly. I think, yeah, I think my only, my final piece of advice is there's, there's no one route to a successful career and there's no one perfect right CV. I think graduates and apprentices think that and they think that it's got to be perfect. It's got to have certain aspects and that we're comparing them. And actually we don't compare you against anyone else that's applied. We kind of just look at whether you're the right person to fit us. And so yeah. don't look at the competition, don't panic that you've not got it all figured out. Don't think you need a, a 10 year life plan sussed out and you know exactly where it is you want to go. Just yeah use all of those experiences that you've got if you feel like you need to get more draw on the different places that you can mm-hmm. get them from um and shape your direction of your career and what you want it to be mm-hmm. there's no perfect or right answer um and that's absolutely okay and we know that as employers major thank you so much um thank you yeah thank you once again you know we kept this, kept this episode a lot shorter than the last time um but yeah you've been amazing thank you very much Shelley. no that's all right thank you so much for having me cheers We hope you enjoyed listening and picked up some valuable tips or advice. If you did enjoy, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you're looking for student jobs, from part-time jobs, gap year roles, apprenticeships, internships, placements or graduate roles, head to e4s.co.uk. See you next time.